Lexus Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode one, season 26. You thought you'd lost us, didn't you? You thought we were gone. We had a little holiday, a little sabbatical. I apologise, but um, to use a, a Desbrook John term, and there's a reason why I'm referring to him this way round, which I'll, I'll come to in a second, uh, a little bit of R&R. Um, it's been pretty much full on and this season's probably going to be slightly broken at times because um i am traveling with events as well so we're going to try and fit stuff in where we can mm. uh we will try and be every week but we might have to miss a week um or we might try and do something remotely it's going to be a challenge but it was important for us to come back because every time we go off there's like another podcast that comes up so you know it's important to come back in fact so much so i've been listening to other podcasts recently desbrook john no, and, uh, no. armstrong john would you believe and the said subject of that of that particular podcast was ryan champion would you believe no yeah it ryan was. champion's been the subject of a podcast yeah it, it, hard Were to believe short of material yeah, well, um, Rally DNA, of course, the guys we had on um, who, who started uh, a, a while ago. Um, but uh, Ryan Champion has been a, a guest of his, and I've been I've been listening um, carefully, Ryan Champion. Um, for, 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 well, I'm on, I'm on the second part. Now. I'm 20 minutes into the second part, and we, they've, they've charted your career. Many of many references, of course, I've known because we're, we're a similar age and we've rallied around a similar time. It did kind of give me a right smile when you you mentioned about obviously not wanting and not liking to get budget um yeah not only not only you on this podcast we'll, we're going to come to our other armstrong john in a second but you still managed to twist my arm um <laughs> for budget I, I like the fact that you said i don't like getting budget i don't like getting any budget or asking anybody for anything and yet you still got budget out of me so who who is the idiot in all this that's what I'm trying to establish. You need to ask. Yeah. There's, there's, there's two important points here. Look, at, at the time I went on uh, the DNA podcast, uh, your train set was closed. Theirs was open. No, I'm not jealous. It's so, fine. No, so, no, it's fine. You know, I just, I'm, I'm I just, jealous. I'm jealous. They, of the invited, fact me, that they, they invited me to play with your trains, uh, their train set while yours was closed. So, so um, thank you for, to them for asking. And, and, and secondly, you were very kind in your support for, for me. Um, and, and to be honest, you, you just bring all, all the people on this show that you, uh, you support, don't you? Is John, what, is John Desborough getting any personal sponsorship yet? Yeah, uh, no. I'm getting any. John, does he get a badge? What when am he, I getting? When he finally gets invited back in front of camera. <laughs> yeah, does he, does he get, does he get a, a little patch on his, uh, Hey, that'd be fun. Shirt. That really would upset the German promoters, wouldn't it? Yeah. They're very much into, you know, uniform stuff oh, well, turn no, but I like should I turn up with a t-shirt with your face on it uh, yeah, they wouldn't but, know what to make of that they or, don't do irony or alternatively sorry to cut across you John um, um, the, the, the uniform um, the, the, the manufacturer of it makes also quite low uh, low down football league football kits as well so Today. I'm still waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of the brand name, but they make football kits as well for lower division football teams. So I'm no, still waiting. I, I know the one you want. I, I, I I'm still waiting for yeah. to, everybody to turn up in 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 shorts, yeah. socks, shin pads, uh, and squad numbers. Yeah, I think they also supplied Tottenham Hotspur at one time. Yeah, convinced yeah. of that because if it's the same supplier, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We're, 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 as ever, right? We're, we're, we're a number of minutes in. Right, we're, we're going to talk about Rally Portugal and a couple of other bits and pieces um, between all of us. Um, where were you at the weekend, Ryan Champion? 
Um, I can't even remember that far back. Okay, it's like, okay. It's, uh, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was I was around and uh, I caught some of it on uh, on WRC. Okay, no, that's fine. That's fine. I just wanted to get your location. Um, JD, where were you? Well, I was remote. I was in uh, in the Desborough voiceover booth, watching it all on uh, the wonder of technology, and thinking to myself, "There is no world. way on it." Oh, no, no way on it. You should come join me on my on planet Desborough. There's no way on Earth, no way in this solar system, this universe, that Cala Roddenberry could possibly win in Portugal. Anybody who is putting money on that man to win is an utter fool and knows nothing about this sport. I'm glad we invited and you on then, the podcast, John. And then it happened. And then it happened. Yeah. It um, was it was so, stunning. So that's where you were. I was I was in Disney, um, very close to assaulting Mickey Mouse. Uh, and not in a pleasant way. And where I'm going with this, um, John Armstrong, hello, where were you? Hi, I, I was actually at Rally Portugal, surprisingly. Yeah, you were, um, you were actually in a I rally car I, doing yeah, Rally Portugal. I see your point. Desborough, John, drew the short straw there because he missed out on the wonderful uh, weather, which was, which was <laughs> yeah. nice at the start of the week, but on Saturday and Sunday it wasn't as good. Yeah. Right. I think we've all. I think we should all be allowed one question to start off with with John Armstrong before we go any further. Um, so, Ryan Champion, one question and one question only currently for John Armstrong with regards to his weekend. Um, oh, it has to be the weekend. I was going to ask what's his favourite flavour of ice cream. What a helmet um, that would make him. Honeycomb. Okay, interesting. Mm. Okay. Do you have an ice cream in Portugal? I'll make it topical. I did. After we <laughs> we had a very hard first day of recce, which was very tight for everyone on time, and we yeah, it was very tough. So I treated me and Brian to an ice cream after that day. What was it? Just a was, standard, was it a standard ice cream? It was a mag, it was a Magnum. Wow. Ryan, um, Ryan, it was one question. <laughs> one question. So greedy. It's not all about He's asking for budget. Yeah. Was it was it was it dark milk or, or white chocolate? Ryan, I will cut it you was, off. It was uh, milk with almonds. <laughs> John Armstrong, ignore him. Don't 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 take any more questions from Ryan Champion. John Armstrong, uh, John Desmond. Can I get you? Yes, Armstrong, please. John, lovely to talk to you, and um and well done. Uh, two bits. Did you lose any weight, or did you lose any teeth getting to the end of all of those stages? <laughs> I thought I was going to lose some villains in my teeth. <laughs> um, but surprisingly, I, I was away for two weeks and I came back and I'm actually happier. So something's obviously gone wrong. Yeah, I, the, the I don't know where. The ice cream. Yeah, I'm going to say it was the ice cream. Yeah. But, yeah. Up not, the front, they were moaning about the heat in the cars for the obvious reasons with those you know, batteries and all the current tech. Where you were, no issue with heating the car? I'm not going to lie, it was pretty warm, um, especially on Friday, uh, whenever it was really sunny as well. It was it was pretty warm in the car. Um, and yeah, especially after a stage when you've, you know, you've got pretty hot and uh, sweaty. And then after the stage, you might have to do some uh, work on the, the car, maybe swapping tires around or something like that. And yeah, you start to, you do start to actually really feel the, the heat at that point and um yeah that's whenever yeah. i really regretted the ice cream <laughs> <laughs> and you know the padded lining inside your lid inside your your, your race hat did did the sweat get into that did you find yourself 
Did you call it a race hat thing, John? I did. There's a certain, there's certain <laughs> things, certain ter- bits of terminology that I don't go near. Your lid, your lid, John. Did you find yourself squeezing, <laughs> squeezing the sponge out of your lid to get them with the, the sweat out? Um, it was getting a little bit, a little bit wet, let's say, a little bit yeah. moist. Um, oh, did you have the same yeah. lid the whole weekend, or could you swap? Could you, yeah? Because once you get up, see him. The same lid all weekend. Yeah, mm, same brutal. helmet. Um, that's that's old. That's retro. That's hard. the new the new the new Stilo helmet has a it has like ventilation holes on the top of it. No, so I was yeah, I was making good use of those. Um, mm. I don't know if the new Bell helmets have have vent- ventilation holes, but yeah, I think I was making yeah. good use of the Stilo ones. Yeah. Be, the, be the end of them if it is. Be the end of them. <laughs> I'll just let that hang yeah. for a second. There's a lot. There's almost more competition going on between helmet manufacturers than on the stages. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, Com- competition's good. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, we're, we're, we're probably what 15 minutes in. It's hardly cutting edge, is it? So far, um, I genuinely we, thought we talked talk about ice creams and helmets. Yeah, which you know, we, we, it, it, it could go in any direction if you Google that. Um, but. Um, <laughs> I suppose what people have tuned in for, John, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna ask the hard hard hitting questions now. Um, seriously, obviously we we were keeping an eye on you all weekend, um, and the the guys who do your social socials are excellent um, for for feeding information back. Um, from your point of view, you know you started off steady away, put some great stage times in, uh, and then you started having problems. Uh, how you know, when it's hot and you're having problems and, you know, you're fighting for a championship and you've only got a couple of rounds left to go, how do you deal with it? Yeah, well, I think it's um, it's obviously very disappointing when, uh, you know, something goes wrong that is somewhat out of your control. Um, but thankfully with the junior WRC, you have uh, all of the stage win points um, and also... Yeah, you, you know that the final round is double points. So even if something goes wrong at this point in the championship, you know that there's still a lot of points to be um, to be made up, and that you can keep pushing, and it's still possible. So yeah, obviously on on Friday I was taking a very safe approach from from what I would usually do, and trying to get through the the stages because there was no midday service to make repairs to the car so we really had to get through the whole day and, and look after the car but um even with that approach we still managed to uh well we didn't hit anything but the conditions and how rough the roads got just took its toll on the on the suspension of the car and uh, eventually one of the rear uh, control arms sheared um beside the hub and yeah we we were we were unable to continue we couldn't fix it at that point and uh, that put us out for the day so it was frustrating but john john is that a result of you being so low down the the road order that by the time you get to a friday morning loop there's been a hundred cars go through so you have a rut to deal with already yeah well i think the first pass for us is already quite rough so yeah it's going to be even more demanding on on our cars but um yeah the little rally three car doesn't have the same um 
the same technology in suspension yeah. and and travel that Rally Two and Rally One have. So yeah, we we are probably lower to the ground as well in terms right. of ride height. So um, so, yeah, so what's your um, approach at that point? Do you drive around it all, or you just commit to it? I was I like I think I think I heard Niall McShay speaking about this one time. He had, he had advice from. Uh, I can't remember the driver now, but um, basically, you stop. You almost stop listening. You don't. Well, you're still listening to your pace notes. They're a general guide for what you need to do, but you're actually yeah. just looking at the road and trying yeah. to pick your way through the mess. Um, and that's what I was doing. I was just trying to uh, react to what I could see in front of me. If, if a rut looked particularly bad, then maybe I would try to drive around it in a particular way that would save the car uh, if there was any big rocks then i was for sure driving around those and um you know if they're on the the optimal line and you decide to divert from that line to to go around it then of course you're not gonna be going as fast as possible but you're going to be um looking after the car so so with that yeah on friday that was my approach because friday stages were about an hour and a half away from Porto, so they were completely different characteristic than the the stages around Bath. Um, so yeah, but and even you with had that no approach, it didn't pay off. You had no service, John, midday Friday, like everybody else, did you? Well, yeah, no one had no one had service on Friday. So, so how does that through. play on your mind when you set off? Um, well. I think you're obviously aware that you cannot hit anything. Number one, you can't afford to make any mistakes and damage the car because that will most likely uh, result in you retiring for the day. And also, you know, that any damage you pick up, let's say, on on the morning loop, then you're going to have to survive with that through the remainder of the day. So it's definitely it's more of a day of survival than than trying to go for outright speed and uh yeah, obviously every driver has a different approach, but for sure, in, in my mind, you, you need to you need to play the long game whenever you've got a, a rough yeah. uh, day and no service. John, if I can just bring in uh, our, our our other professional driver who's been exceptionally quiet since the ice cream question. <laughs> um, I don't know. Are you still re- are you still researching ice cream flavors or, look, um, or, or no. looking at, or, or looking at helmets with bents? No, no, no. I've I've left the helmet to bit to to uh, to you to research, Tony. I think there's no, there's no end to you, it. There's no, there's, there's no end to it. <laughs> no, I was just I was just thinking, John. Though, you, you said um, obviously there's two rounds of the championship left. The final round's Greece. Um, it's double points in Greece. Inherently, Greece is going to be rough. I mean, does that pose a bit of a concern? Not, I guess, not just necessarily for you, but for everybody going to Greece, that it might almost be a bit of a lottery with double points there and, and the rough stages. Yeah, 100%. I think Greece is going to to be a complete lottery. And, um, you know, it really, how, how rough the stages are in Greece really depends on the weather beforehand. I think, you know, if there's, if there's more, um, rain and, and moisture in the ground, then typically the roads won't be as, uh, rough as what they would be in, in dry conditions that we had in Portugal. So, um, so yeah. It is concerning. Obviously, you know, it is going to come down to whoever has the most luck throughout the rally and uh, can stay out of trouble. Um, and, yeah, 
as as we've seen in Portugal, you know, once once everyone has their sort of first batch of of issues out of the way, then there's massive gaps, and then at, at that point, you can quite easily control the event. You know, uh, with with Sami in, in Portugal, once once he got into the lead on day one, then he could just completely relax on the rest of the rally and and you know drive slowly and avoid hitting anything or damaging the car. So. Yeah, I think it will come down to a bit of luck. Um, but I think I, you know, me and Brian, we just need to have a bit of belief that it's, it's going to come our way and, and try to prepare the best we can and try to be smart as well and look after the car and, uh, play the long game on the rally. But obviously, um, there's always the risk that someone doesn't take it careful and, and they go through the whole rally without having any issues. But. Yeah, it's it's definitely a hard one to call because in Portugal I went with that strategy and it didn't pay off for me. Now, I mean, in between, obviously, you've got Estonia. That, that I would guess, would be, um, you know, a more traditional battle. Um, going to be flat out from the start, I would guess, in Estonia. Yeah, Estonia is, is a really nice rally and the stages, okay, they, they rot up a little bit just because of how sandy the stages are in some, some places, but... It's not really sore on the car. So, yeah, the, it's going to be really high speed, flat out rally and, and all about um, the pace. But, yeah, like you like you said, you know, it's all going to be decided really in Greece. So as long as, as, long as we can have a good run in Estonia and pick up decent points, then, then that's all that really matters. Um, you know, if we can win some stages and, and get in the top three and then go to go to the final round in Greece and, and, and uh, you know, try to do a smart job and hopefully um, we'll be able to do enough to put ourselves in the position to win the championship. Yes, John. That's all I'm saying. Yes, John. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. What's the strategy? prize for winning the championship, John? <laughs> What's the prize for winning um, the championship, John? The prize is for fully funded uh, WRC2 rounds in 2023 with uh, M Sport Ford Fiesta Rally 2. Um, and that includes testing, I believe. And also you get the option of discounted additional rallies as well. Um, so if you're able to find some additional budget, then you can do more than just four rallies. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's a really Hell of good a carrot. Package. Hell of a carrot to have that dangled in front of you. Just a bit. Just yeah. a bit. Right. Right. We, we, we've done you now, John, so to speak. We've got everything crossed, um, but we are going to talk about the rest of the rally, and I'm going to bring in uh, Ryan Champion uh, at this one. As ever, folks, we always nobody's listening to this to find out what the result was, so we don't do chronological (laughs) results. If you're listening to this to find out the results, shame on you. That's all I'm saying. Shame on you. Take a long, hard look at your rally kind of fandom. That's even a word. Don't know. Um, Right. um, There's a couple of things that spring out from the rally for me. Um, and the biggest thing that, I don't know whether you've seen this, but there was an interview afterwards with Oitanak. Um, and it was uh, Oit's displeasure at what is currently happening with, with, with Hyundai. And it's been roughly translated. Uh, have you seen this at all? I haven't, I haven't seen that. I'm quite interested in, in what you're going to say, because I can, I can imagine what it probably said. But yeah, go on, tell us a bit more. Okay, so, and again, this has been... Um, it's been clumsily, oh, I say clumsily, I've clumsily tried to screenshot it. Um, 
and, and basically it, it's Estonian media. You know, we, we finished sixth on Rally Portugal. Um, there were many problems, difficult situations. Now looking back, would you? How would you sum up these three days? And his initial thoughts were: it's as best we could have hoped for. Um, but um, it, 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 you know, I'm paraphrasing bits of it because I'm going to read it verbatim. But you know, um, the, the the issues with regards to the car not being right for gravel um, is one that's been flagged up massively during the course of this interview. Now. Obviously, people have countered with that with, with what what Danny did. Well, I suppose what is the difference is 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 Danny a driver that uh, I don't mean to do a disservice here, but is Danny Danny on a slightly different agenda to White, um, to say the least? Is that is that the difference? I mean, look at look at the results. Uh, what was Danny was over two minutes off the win, wasn't he? Um, there to do a solid job as a uh, dare I say a number a number three driver now I mean Danny Sordo's better than a number three driver but he doesn't do a full program as we know he picks and chooses the events uh, pretty much he he wants to do yeah he's very much there to do a uh, a different job and you know I feel like we've we've had this conversation numerous times and Hyundai still seem to be lacking direction they're certainly not lacking budget um we wondered what happened when when adamo disappeared uh, and it and it certainly hasn't got better has it you know there's there's millions of pounds coming from korea there's there's no shortage of funding for this team they've got everything they need to take the battle to to toyota but weekend in weekend out the only team doing a consistent job at the minute are, are Toyota, and they've got a, already a commanding lead in the uh, in the manufacturers' championship after just four events. I mean, obviously, we saw a great performance in Monte Carlo from from M Sport. The cars been pretty fast since then, the Puma, but again, they haven't really been able to do a consistent job as uh, uh, as a team. Um, Hyundai just struggling badly, and week in, week out. It's uh, well. It's not just wins for Toyota. It's one. It's wins for one particular Toyota driver at the minute, isn't it? And I'm going to come to that right now. To be honest with you, um, John Desborough's ready has acknowledged the fact that Calais appears to be just on a completely different level to, to to everybody else right now, John. Yep, and he's done the hat trick in three events, which I think is extremely impressive, which n- nobody thought possible. So the reason why I said uh, Elvin has to win the championship this year in. Seb Ogier's part-time farewell tour because next season will be Calarov and Perez and yet the boy has worked it out whatever has to be done in double quick time and was incredibly impressive in Portugal Uh, he, he just didn't drop the way he should have dropped being first on the road into those stages which are a mess for first on the road whatever is required he did. He ticked every box, thrilled everybody and didn't drop as far as we thought he was going to. And then just came back when people in better places in the road position uh, with far more experience should have done much better. It was it was incredible. It was one of the best that you'll ever see. And I just hope one day he's allowed to say how he did it. And he's got the English to be able to describe how he did it. And it's very dangerous. I would love to say there's no way he's going to win inside the Indian boys. Absolutely no way he's going to win first on the road inside the Indian. It cannot be done. But I was saying that, unfortunately, last week, well, and I've been proved wrong. The person who's, who's closest to him age-wise, ironically, is our own Armstrong John. John, as somebody who's been around rally cars for pretty much from day one of their life as well, 
from 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 an inside and an outside looking in, what do you make of what what Cali's done? What is the difference? What what is is it is it just is this just a, a one off? Are we back in the realms of having another one off the way we had another one off with Sebastian Ogier or another one off with Sebastian Lowe? Yeah, it is hard to comprehend how, um, let's say, calm and, and consistent that uh, Callie and, and Johnny are. Um, you know, they seem like such a good crew, but, you know, to be 21 years old and to, to win three WRC events in a row is, is quite amazing. Um, so, yeah, he just seems so relaxed as well. And I would say... No, probably the most important thing for a rally driver is is their mind and their brain and how uh, how you think about rallying and um, you know how your approach is and obviously yeah, Cali's got a lot of of experience of driving cars, but he's also got the correct mind and mentality, which is probably um, his greatest greatest uh, attribute. And uh, yeah, I, I I honestly don't know. How he's doing it, but obviously his philosophy for for rallying is is different than anyone else's, and it's working at the moment. And uh, yeah, uh, I I don't know if any other driver has ever had a hat trick on all three surfaces. That might be one for for EWRC to tell us, but uh, yeah, it's quite amazing. I think it's I think it's phenomenal. I'd like to talk a little bit about about the teams again, at JD. Um, you know, we, we, we've just acknowledged the fact that, that Danny did a Danny job. I think that's fair to say. I don't think that's disrespectful, is it? Yeah, I think his secret might be he doesn't overthink it. He just gets in, try, goes for the sweet spot, tries to find the rhythm and, you know, carries on. He seems a little bit like a, you know, a clown and a buffoon at the end. But I think that's all part of the act. And... um he just requires someone, you know, to keep his, his mind in the right place and to keep the blinkers on and remind him that he's actually there to get as many points as he possibly can. Um, but it, that was his first drive of the season. So from, you know, point of view of seat time, I would have thought he's vastly under-experienced compared to everybody else, you know, even Seb Loeb or, or Ogier, that he's, he's got just as much driving experience as. And I thought it was I thought it was remarkable and that he kept at it on a Sunday morning where if you go back four or five years to what I call the bad VW years, um, you know, everybody just sort of held station until he got to the power stage. But um, he, I think he did, he did terrifically. And the Oitanic thing, I think he's, he's just not... He's not going to put his head on the block until he's happy with a number of things. And he's probably got a list and he's getting no answer to them from anybody who is, you know, team manager, quote unquote, because there's a power vacuum at the top. I'm sure there are decisions that aren't being uh, taken. He doesn't like it. And by contrast, you've got Thierry Nerville, who seems to be putting his life on the line every stage he drives. There's always something wrong with that car. And if it is a gravel problem, then, you know, they need to sort it very quickly because, as you say, they're investing millions. And yet this is a gravel championship. The summer will be on gravel. If you can't get it right on gravel, you're going nowhere fast. So they have to get somebody in who can just start answering simple questions, I would have thought. Um, right. I'll bring you back in at this point. I just wonder whether, you know, the, 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 my fear for, 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 for high and I is, you know, you, as you correctly pointed out, you've been involved in, in, in these types of things over the years with different manufacturers, but um, they're putting that much money in that there will come a point where they might just switch it off if this isn't 
if this isn't working, you know, it's just it, you, the last thing you want to be doing is 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 not competing, um, and that's my fear. You know, my fear as as, as a fan and as, as as somebody who's got a vested interest in the championship is that if we suddenly go down to um, Toyota and, and M Sport Ford, we've got a massive issue. It, it it must be a worry for the promoter, that's for sure, because we saw you know wavering commitment really from from Hyundai last year, and finally they they went with the the hybrid rules package, they committed to it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the the, the Koreans are uh, incredibly determined people. They're success driven. Arguably, their biggest rival in the world market is Toyota. That's who that's who Hyundai Motor Company aim at is, is Toyota. So they don't want to be sadly beaten in motorsport on a consistent basis by uh, by Toyota. As, as simple as that. And the longer this frustration goes on, the the more the drivers will get frustrated, the more the the team will get frustrated, um, and and they'll sink deeper and deeper into a hole. So, you know, like John said, somebody's got to start banging a fist and uh, and getting some answers because they need to make progress and they need to make progress fast, or else, you know, it, it could well be as you said, come the end of uh, of this uh, rules package, that um, that that's them gone and they want to develop a new car. I just, I you know, you you just wonder whether maybe they were going down one particular route. And now there's been a change, and now it's it's such a, a huge organisation, you know, to try trying to trick, you know the difference between trying to change direction of a speedboat and a cruise liner. Um, well, yeah, know. and let's let's not forget that obviously Christian Laurier went there, who who we all know can do a, an incredible job with a with a, a rally car. So, yeah, what is happening there? Why why isn't he making his mark? What what are the issues? Um, it's you know it's it's difficult to see it, it just doesn't seem to be one area though it just you know there seems to be all sorts of, of little problems there at the minute it does unfortunately it does unfortunately um one thing we, we do have to talk about and i've seen um one of your colleagues john uh sorry Which john? john i was just about to say thank you john, thank john. you john john desborough jd uh ben constant juris put up a picture of uh, a very 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 upset tacker in a, in a private moment. Um, and, you know, he was there on merit, Taka, and I, I just felt for him. I really, yeah. really did. Um, you know, we, we obviously talk about the drivers and, and the moments that they have, but, you know, he, he, he took it in great spirits, but he had a private moment which was captured, rightly or wrongly. Uh, and I just, when you see, when you see him broken like that. Yeah, what, what you're suggesting, what you're hinting at is he overstepped the line. Did Ben and um, took a photograph, which really shouldn't have been circulated from uh, a point like that. But you know, uh, I can see it from both sides. I can see it from the point of view that you know you're out there in a public arena, and uh, you know you will react in a very emotional state after what was a very grueling event and a very difficult battle with Danny Sorda. Um, you know, some might say it was inappropriate for Danny to go out and immediately stick his head in the car and gloat, uh, but I don't think he was gloating. He was pointing out that the guy's got a big future ahead of him and he should keep on going which he should and he has um should he have put the photograph up maybe you could think you know twice about it but um you know we work in the media no absolutely it wasn't a criticism as such as ben i would not seen it yeah. it was one of those moments where obviously it's being yeah. captured um, oh, it, it, it was it was a hell of a you know if it had been a 
it'd been boxing, you know, the, he would have been sitting on the stool in the corner, bloodied teeth missing and everything. Yeah. I mean, it, it was terrific that, uh, you know, they went for it, that he responded, didn't want to give up the third place. And it went so long. It was great entertainment for us. Um, but, you know, maybe that was an experience thing that uh, gave it to Danny in the end. Uh, you know, if you've got a criticism of Danny, it's that he's maybe a bit too kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not lackadaisical. He's a bit sort of uh, happy-go-lucky, a bit glib about it all. And uh, with Danny, you've got to, you know, get him angry and remind him of what it, why he's there and what he's got to do. And he did, did it brilliantly. And Saka just happened to be the, the victim of it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to, I'm going to bring you back in, right? I, I don't want to be disrespectful, obviously. And I, I, to, 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 to Calais, just coming back to, to, to Calais, Robin Bird, and of course, talking about Toyota. Um, we know obviously Elvin was leading at one point. Um, and I just wonder whether Elvin was in a, a position, um, did he take the decision to consolidate because of such a poor start? I don't know if it was a conscious decision, honestly, but uh, he knew he needed to finish the rally. He yep. knew he needed points. So, uh, you know, that has got to play in your mind and in the heat of battle and it, it was when when the rain came wasn't it and 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 Calarub and Perry just took took more risks and you know I think that's what Elvin said he just maybe didn't take enough risks but he was still pleased to get a, a podium pleased to get points on the board and, and I think that that was his mindset I think if in Sardinia next time out he's in that position he, he may well push a bit harder but um he, he's just had such a poor run of of rallies that yeah i don't think he was willing to to risk it all to take the win honestly i think he he really wanted to he obviously wanted to win don't get me wrong but I, I think he he was very aware that he needed to finish that rally and finish it well oh, absolutely um jd um mm. a tough weekend for for m sport um yeah for various yeah. reasons pierre louis Loubet. Uh, the, the, the top finisher, which, uh, if, you know, who'd have thought we'd be saying that on the first gravel rally? Uh, exactly. Especially when they started out with five Pumas, I think, that were out there. Uh, if you had asked Seb Loeb how you think he's going to go out, if he was going to go out, then, uh, you know, he said himself, oh, there was only one wall in Portugal and I went and hit it. Uh, and that's my man who has achieved more in the sport and, you know, lots of people put together. So that, that was him. Um, you know, you almost might sum it up as the door didn't close <laughs> all weekend. The door would not close. And there were a multitude of ways that um, the team was kind of found out. And also, after having such a fantastic start in Monte Carlo, you kind of punched the air and thought, yeah, they're here. Um, they're in the, sa in the same ballpark as the other two big funded teams. This is great news. But it just hasn't happened. And I go back to, uh, I think it was what the two Davids at ProDrive used to say to me, if you're going to do this, you've got to relentlessly turn in consistent stage times consistent stage wins is no good uh, turning in a stage win if you're not going to repeat something or be in the top three for the next one and the next one you know uh, don't bird it all on one stage maybe pick one where you're going to make it an effort stage but if you're going to do it it's got to be relentless it's got to be consistent it's got to have stamina to it because um that is you know as 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 john has said you've you, you've got to be able to survive for the weekend it is you know it's no good being the rally leader with two great stage winning times on a friday morning and then going out um you know the, you've you've got to be able to do it for the entire weekend absolutely and yeah very a very a very difficult one very difficult one i just hope they go home and do the analysis you know correctly and that they can all bang their heads together and see where 
you know, where the weaknesses were because you've got no time now before they go to Sardinia and then no time before you go to Kenya. And, you know, Kenya will find you out. If you've not got your act in, in order when you get to, to Kenya, it will it'll find the weaknesses more than anything. Very much so. Very much so. Um, as you say, sodding is not far away. Uh, we are going to be back next week, so we'll do a little bit more on sodding next week. But um, uh, we, believe it or not, boys, we're, we're headlong into into lots of other stuff, uh, i.e. any other business, really. But before we get to that, and I don't know whether you've got yours yet, Ryan Champion. Uh, a couple of bits. A couple yeah. of bits. Okay, well, yeah. good. Well, one of mine, and I don't want it to make it any other business because three of us in this podcast, in fact, four of us, potentially in this podcast oh no no sorry jd you haven't um three of us (laughs) (laughs) haven't what haven't haven't um haven't done the jim clark rally which is back this weekend is the next round of the british rally Mm. championship now whatever your thoughts are on the british rally championship um and everybody does have an opinion on them it has to be said but some of the events uh are not to be sniffed at now, um, Armstrong, John, you did, you did Jim Clark, didn't you? You've done it? I've done it, yes. And I was just saying to a few people yesterday, I'm jealous that they're getting to do it this year because um, Abbey St. Bathens is, uh, is one of the, the best. Yeah. One of the best stages in the world, probably. Yeah. Definitely I, in the UK. I'd say so. Ryan Champion, I think you've appeared up there once or twice, haven't you? Yeah, and do you know what? I... I um I remember going over Abbas St. Bathens in the Puma one day and meeting a, beating a young guy called Chris Meek in his, uh, in his Opal Corsa at the time. And uh, that that's still quite a sweet one, that, over uh, Abbas St. Bathens. It wasn't, wasn't a great car, that Corsa, though, was it, to be fair? <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let, let's, just, let's just say the, uh, the original Puma wasn't quite what the current one is. Okay. Um, but, yeah, the... Um, the Jim Clark, incredible rally, just just brilliant stages. Uh, as John already said, you know, Abbey St. Bathans has everything. It has tight and twisty, it has fast and open over the moorland, and a, a real variation in in stages there. And uh, and just just great to see it back again. Um, I mean, I did it on a on a number of occasions. I think the first time I did it, it was it, there was nearly thirty stages or something like that. But wow. I, I remember being there at that uh, that first Jim Clark. I think it was. 95 or something like that as a spectator. I think Julian Porter and I went spectating and, uh, and watched Dommy Buckley bounce off everything in an ex Colin McRae legacy. And he was by far the most spectacular man there and he was brilliant to watch. And, uh, and that's my, my first memory really of the, uh, of the Jim Clark. For, 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 for the well, record. Actually, sorry, that's my first memory of the Jim Clark tarmac rally because I've done the gravel rally in Kielder before that. Okay. Well. Uh, for the record, Don Buckley still bounces off everything, even when he's not in a rally car. Um, I can say that. Trust me. Trust me. Um, John, um, I, I, if you, have you done it once or twice back in, back in the, the, did you do it in the ST and the R2? Yeah, I done it on the ST, but I last, oh, it lasted about a stage. I think it was the first stage we had a mechanical issue with the car. And that that's was, 2013 was or 2012. 2020. 2012. Yeah. Um, I blew my engine up. That, I blew my engine up yeah. on, on that. You know the stage where you go into the farmyard? Yeah. Oh, what stage is that? Ryan, help me out. Oh, as in when you go, you go yeah. in and you've you got to stop and back out again. Yeah. The one with the, hump, the humpback bridge in it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it Ayrton? Maybe not it's, it's, a left, it's the left-hand side of the uh, A697 because I passed it the other day. There you go. Where the, it is, yeah. There you go. 
because we were yeah. both doing the STs that year, John. Yeah, yeah, and I just rolled it, um, and we just fixed the car on the Bulldog. That's I rolled it. the car, and then yeah, we'd fixed the car, but obviously something um, was close to letting go, and it let go on the first stage then of, of the Jim Clark. But yeah, I, I'd done the rally then the following year in the the R2 Fiesta in the BRC, and um, yeah, it was uh, a lot of fun that time in in that car, and. Uh, yeah, I was still learning my way around tarmac driving, and it was a, a brilliant event to to try and re- refine my skills a bit. I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to pick you up on that. Right, stop right there, Armstrong, John. <laughs> you were still refining your way around tarmac driving. Right. <laughs> you forget I was around you a lot This at this point. We were still competing against one another. So in 2013, when you were in the R2, I was still in the ST, you went fastest overall on Ulster, which was the next rally. Yeah, so I'd refine my skills on the gym Jesus, park. And then... Yeah, in, in the space of a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember um, I, I was still left foot breaking too much. Um, like, Brian will know what I mean. Like, where you're, you're on the throttle, like, pretty much fully on the throttle, and then you're using the left foot brake, which is, like, a big, a big no-no. And uh, I remember... Um, Jerry McGarty uh, coming up to me at the Jim Clark and saying, "That's that's a terrible habit. You have to stop doing that. That's you know that's that's not good." And uh, yeah, somehow I must have stopped it within the the space of that rally and going to the Ulster, and uh, it all seemed to, to click I, then. I love the fact that there was no reference to the fact that I would know. Only Ryan Champion would know. <laughs> well, you don't know. You don't know how to go around hairpins. I was I was going to say you just worry about clutch, Tony. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm not going to talk about. Uh, obviously, I, I I was out two weeks ago. We won't talk about that. We won't talk about my rally two weeks ago. But also say is pretty well, didn't it? It went very well, John. Thank you, John. Thank you, John Armstrong. Yes, we we were second two wheel drive in BTRDA, uh, and we were first R two fastest on every stage. So thank you, John. Was was that in your any other business? Just in case we didn't get there. Uh, no, it wasn't. I wasn't even going to mention it. But as as, I, as, I as bet, you start throwing bald on your pad, isn't it? I block. I'll be honest with you. I've cut it out in newspaper and stuck it on my desk in front of me. <laughs> Uh, You've got to take it, it when you can. In fairness, yeah. it was about time you had to change your fortune with the new car, wasn't it? It was, mate. Yeah, it was. And I'm not, get, I'm not getting cocky, but we, we did a little bit of work before the rally, and I genuinely fancied it. Join. Um, and you, you two will have both had this without doubt. It's a new, it's a new feeling for me. Um, so stay with me. It's only a very recent feeling. But um, when I did the test and I finished the test, I thought, yeah, we're going to go well here. I really fancied it. And um, I I chose not to look at stage times on the rally, so I didn't know where we were um, until service. And I didn't even look. Then somebody came up to me, said, "Oh, you're leading." I went, oh, "Okay." And then didn't look at the times again. Came back into service. They went, "You're still leading." I went, "Yeah, okay, fine." And I think I, did, I think I had a 30 second gap with two stages to go, and I, I think 16 miles two two stages equaled 16 miles. And I went out and just drove. Uh, w- thinking, well, if I keep at this pace, it'll keep me 30 seconds and we'll, 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 we'll pinch it. Um, we took 55 out of everybody else over 16 miles. So we must have done something right on those last two stages. And the irony is, and this is something for rally fans and rally people all over. I went away on holiday the day after immediately the, the day I got home, 
went to find my in-car footage and thought, those two stages must look amazing. I can't wait to watch those two stages. It was possibly the worst two stages to watch because it was so uneventful. It was so boring to watch. Uh, it was untrue, but it was very, very quick, clearly, because the time showed that it was quick. So a lesson in life for everybody there. Yeah. Lesson in life. That. Yeah. So anyway, that wasn't going to be my, my any other business, but it, it, it will be now. Um, one last thing um, before, before I move on. My proper any other business, and this is very much for Ryan Champion. Um, the ProDrive P25 Ryan Champion. On, on my list here. Is it? Good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you have it then because that was going to be mine uh, and I, I needed your help for it. So you're any other business, Ryan Champion? Um, yeah. So ProDrive announced today the, the P25 to celebrate 25 years uh, since the, uh, the Impreza's successful introduction to the World Rally Championship. Uh, the P25, there will only be 25 cars built. Uh, 400 horsepower, two-door Subaru. They've been buying up uh, two-door WRXs to uh, to form the basis of these cars. And, uh, and very much a hand-built car. Paddle shift, I'm not sure about that. What do we think? Should it be manual? Um, on, I think it's got to be an H-pattern box, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I was quite surprised they went with paddle shift in this. Bearing in mind, you know, all the impressive road cars were manual. The WRC car was manual. Um, yes, okay, I suppose a P2000 was paddle shift. But anyway, it, it is paddle shift. Um, it will be an extortionate amount of money, and I'm sure they're all sold already. But um, it will be uh, <laughs> <laughs> it will be debuted. At Goodwood, so anybody going to Goodwood will uh, will see it there. Who's driving um, it? Who's driving it? I don't actually know the answer to that. Get on the phone, Ryan. I I'm already booked for uh, for Goodwood. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. So okay. I've I've already got I've already got um, too many cars to drive for once. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what, what a problem to but, have. Uh, <laughs> oh, what a piece of any other business. I've <laughs> already got too many other cars uh, to drive. But, uh, Look yeah. at my dance card; it's full. <laughs> Uh, but carbon body panels as well, and I think it'll look a lot like the original uh, 22B road car, so that should be quite exciting. Um, can, can I just interject before we go any further? I've just been on EWRC, uh, your profile, right? There's got to be a recount on that photograph. <laughs> My God. <laughs> I've known you 25 years, and that... That that must be 25 years ago. That is that is on the beach in Bournemouth. Obviously, <laughs> in why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it be <laughs> in 2005 at the start of the Mitsubishi Championship? I remember. Well, I've got a Mitsubishi jacket on. I'm stood on a beach. It didn't happen very often. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Sorry. Sorry to interject, but I, I just felt I needed to highlight that. And I was going to say my my next uh, small bit of any other business is is about a livery. An exciting Ooh. livery. Have you have you seen Elliot Elliot Payne's new livery for his uh, for his Fiesta? I have, yeah. That looks cool. So well done to uh, Steve Perez and team. Uh, Mango Go. It's sponsored by. And if you haven't seen it, it's yellow and green. Have a bit of a thing about green and yellow rally cars. Um, driven one or two. Uh, but I just thought that was a, a stunning colour scheme, and uh, it's. Um, yeah. Obviously, we see cars every weekend in different colour schemes, don't we? But it's rare that one stands out like that in, in you know, in, in rallying today. So I think I think it was a, a very clumsy way of shoehorning in that you had a lot of yellow and green rally cars. To be perfectly honest with you, but still, there you go. I, I was just a lot of cars. Full stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, John Armstrong, you're allowed in any other business now, obviously. Um, my any other business is going to be a bit of a plug for 
uh, tuition day that I'm doing at Bond um, on the 26th of June. I've still got some places left on that, so if anyone fancies coming out with uh, with me and uh, having me in the car beside them, then uh, yeah, get Don't, in touch. Should be good fun. If you left foot break too much, this is the time to have it dialed out for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I'll teach you how to use the clutch properly. Yeah. Um, sorry, Tony Simpson. Just right there, your EWRC profile picture, you've got hair. Right. Right, okay. Right. I love the fact that how bitter you was over the fact... <laughs> over the fact that I'd looked at yours, you went, that's it, he's having it. Um, he's sat, you're sat in your ST there as well, the red roof. It is. It is my ST, and I reckon... With those overalls on, I reckon that was 2012. I reckon because they were the 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 ST Championship overalls, the, the white and blue Sparco ones. Yeah, yeah. I had a set too. Yeah. So uh, the, the the irony is, we look at John's. John's actually looks John looks younger now than what is were. <laughs> well, hey, do you know? Do you know the most disappointing thing of all this conversation desperate john doesn't even have a profile picture doesn't he yeah we need to we need to i can't tell you the joy i can't tell the joy it gives me just to be there you are there i'm looking at you but you need to get on to david evans who obviously now has connections and uh and so david yeah that's true with a nice profile picture please yeah okay All right. One with uh, hair? Does it have to have hair? Do you want no, don't hair? worry about that. Don't worry about I've that. I've got, I've got with hair or without hair. Just let me know. Okay. Um, John, John Armstrong. Uh, John, John Desbre. I, um, I nearly did well. You're any other business, sir? That's fine. Well, I have none except a little bit that I've been thinking about recently, which goes along that we all know the name Lionel Messi. If we're allowed to talk about football, which however we are, just, just briefly. Um, what if? Football around the world was set up the same way that motorsport, our sport, is set up. Football would never have got off the ground because I imagine a couple of little uh, talent scouts standing at the training pitch of the new camp where Barcelona play, where Lionel Messi made all his billions and, and thrilled everybody with his football. And the two talent scouts are standing there, one says to the other, and they're looking at the training about 15 years ago. One says to the other, who's the little kid out there? Uh, and the, the second one says, oh, apparently he's, some, uh, he's an Argentine. Uh, let me just have a quick look. Oh, yeah, 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 that kid, he's called Lionel Messi, but don't uh, don't get interested in him. And the first one looks back at the second one and says, why is that? Why should I not get interested in him? He's great. He, and the, the first one says, well, he can't get the budget together, so he's not going anywhere. And that story has been going around in my mind for many, many months, listening to all you guys talking about getting budget together. Should I ask for budget? Dare I? How much budget do I need? If football had been organised about that, football would never have happened. Football's always got the budget. It's always us that are looking for the budget. You would never have seen Lionel Messi do all the things that he did if he'd had to go looking for budget. Sorry, did I get and, too serious and, there? And, and, the, and the irony is I sponsored the football team last year as well. So, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, there you go. It's what I think. It's a know, bit of philosophy I, to mull over. Yeah. Uh, Desperate John, do you know uh, an, even, an even stranger piece of trivia, now I've gone down this EWRC rabbit hole, is that we've both competed in the same car. Oh, what was it a Mitsubishi? Yeah, you you called her for Nick Ellsmore in a, oh, in a well, Mitsubishi that I, I later owned. So, well, yeah. Nick Ellsmore would probably say Ryan he didn't really co drive for me. 
Uh, and I would say, yeah, and I did not kick the ECU to bits, as Nick Ellsmore would claim, which was the reason why we didn't get to stage seven, I think it was, on the Sunseeker, which is where all Nick Ellsmore's Hydrex sponsors' guests were. We never got there. Did, but did it was you, very, did you very get good of him to say. Did you get the beach, though, importantly? No, you have a, no, no. Oh. I do have a Robbie Head joke about that particular event, which ends with the line, uh, no, Robbie, that was uh, Pearl Harbor, this is Pool Harbor. And I'll tell you the rest of the joke another time. Okay. And on that, on, on, on that punchline bombshell, um, that is the end of uh, the front part of the podcast. So thank you, boys. You can all now all stand down. I'm down. Okay. We need to know the rest of the joke now. Well, we do. We, 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 we'll, we'll save that for, 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 for the podcast extra. There you go. There you go. Um, we're, folks, we'll be back after this break. The boys are now stood down. We'll be back. They'll be back next week. But I'll be back after the break with Harry Bates over in Australia, as I said. And then uh, Desbra John and I have a little cheeky chat with Chris Ingram. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. So we're going to have a little bit of a break from WRC and, of course, uh, Ryan and I, battering on about uh, BRC and Jim Clark and everything else. Uh, we're going to go, we're, we are going to go to a land down under. Uh, I'm not even, I'm not going to do the rest of the song because if I was Harry Bates, I'd want to punch me in the mouth if I did that. So Harry Bates, it's been forever. Welcome back to Absolute Rally. Thank you for having me. Mate, uh, first and foremost, how are you? How are things? How's the family? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, yeah, things over here are, are good now. We've enjoyed like most of the world, a pretty tough couple of years of lockdowns and so on with COVID-19, but life seems to be returning to normal now. And yeah, my family are, are doing well. Thank you. Oh, brilliant. That's that's great to hear. Family doing well and, and rallying's going well, I think it's fair to say. Congratulations on the win at the weekend. Thank you. Yeah, rallying going very well for us. Um, yeah, we just had uh, the rally of Western Australia on the weekend, which actually for those listening in Europe, um, this might shock you, but I live on the east coast of Australia along with 80% of the population here. And the rally we did on the weekend was in Perth on the west coast. And, uh, it's a 4,000 kilometer trip one way. So 8,000 kilometer return trip to get to that event for, uh, for our car transporter wow. and our truck and everything. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty big deal to go and do the Australian rally championship because we're a pretty big country. <laughs> Well, you know what? We we lazily don't think about that. And I realised before we started recording this, I spoke to you about, obviously, you were asking me about what I've been up to recently because it's been ages since we spoke. And I now feel slightly bad by saying, yeah, all my rallies are normally a few hours away. You know, we, we've got a place that we go to and, uh, you know, it's only two hours from home and stuff like that. I realise now you've been away for like a week to do to do a rally. So it's it's effectively like, I suppose, like doing a WRC event. Yeah, it is, to be honest. And I do like that aspect of the ARC because um, when you go over to a rally like that, it really feels like you're away from home and you're there to do one thing, which is rally. It's it's not sort of like you can, um, you know, be at a rally but also half be at home. So I kind of like that. Yeah, absolutely. I, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, – 
the 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 lineup of cards for you guys um because I, I feel like the last time we spoke and i know i can remember speaking to obviously molly about this as well the ap4 thing was really starting to take hold over there and then obviously covid hit and then when things started to kind of start happening again some r5 started to appear now um obviously championships going well and everything else but how's it been for you guys that I've prepared for kind of AP4 with, with, with the R5 cars coming in. Um, yeah, so AP4, we built our first uh, Yaris AP4 in 2017, and we did that because it was the direction we had to go in. Toyota uh, have been a long-time supporter of us, and as you know, they don't have a, a Rally 2 car. So we had to do something, and an AP4 was a very natural fit because it, it essentially allowed us to build our version of an R5 car or a Rally 2 car um, and and compete with it. So uh, the way we built it and, and the adaptation we took from the regulations was very much to try and build it to be as close to an R5 car as we possibly could. So um, the, the first car we built, which was our four-cylinder Yaris, the previous generation Yaris, um, the only differences between it and an R5 car were that it ran a six-speed gearbox, not a five-speed, and it ran a 34mm turbo restrictor, not a 32mm. Um, then COVID happened, and we actually took that opportunity to build two new cars. So we built two GR Yaris AP4s, so the same shape as the, the World Rally Team Rally 1 car runs now. And uh, it runs the three-cylinder engine out of the GR Yaris, which was quite a new new thing for us. Uh, but we also run the 32mm turbo restrictor. So so our new car is actually uh, basically R5 in every single way, except for we still run the six-speed gearbox, not the five-speed. Can I, can, can I ask like a geeky question at this point? I've got my hand up and everything. Can I ask a geeky question at this point? And I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not technically minded at all, as many people will tell you. The, the reason for running the six-speed, is that because you have ridiculously long straights as well? Um, uh, we do have ridiculously long straights over here, but no, that's not the reason. Um, the reason... Oh, I, thought, I, I, thought, I, I thought I was right on the money there. <laughs> it's, um, it's slightly stronger. So uh, we run a Saturday. Okay. Um, and it's just a slightly more reliable thing. To be honest, I, I, it was line ball. We could have gone either five-speed or six-speed. Uh, if you asked me, I would have lent towards the five speed just so that it was full R5 spec. Uh, but it just, just for financial reasons and reliability reasons, we, we chose the six speed. Happy days. Happy days. Now it's a three car team again, as we, as we were talking about before. You've obviously got a customer team there, but I think, I, I think the last time we spoke properly, I think little brother had just got the two wheel drive family car. That's right. Yep. And now he's, uh, graduated and he's, my teammate in the, the Toyota factory team over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, working with your brother, discuss. <laughs> um, I, I love it. Uh, yeah, my younger brother, Lewis, he actually got his first ARC heat win on the weekend, uh, which was well, can, can, exciting. Can I just ask you about that? Because we, we, we always have to do this, sorry. Um, the heat win, just, just explain to the guys that listen because obviously we've got listeners all over the world but you know majority in fairness are in europe so just explain that situation with regards to to heat win and the overall win for us yeah sure so um we run two different types of events over here in the australian rally championship half hour events are endurance rounds they're called which are just normal rallies from stage one all the way to the end and you're 
your total overall time, much like a WRC. Um, and then we run what they call sprint rounds, which is actually – they're all two-day events in Australia, but a sprint round is the two days are separated into two different mini events, basically. Right. Um, and then the points from those two days are what makes up the overall event podium. So for me on the weekend, um, I won heat one and then in heat two, we'll go through it in a minute, but I had a bunch of issues uh, in the morning and I ended up finding my way back to third position and that gave me enough points to win the event overall. But on day two, Lewis actually won that heat, which was his first his first heat win. Wow. Congratulations, Lewis. I'm sure you'll be listening. Have we got, have we got the wrong brother, Harry? Is that what you're telling me? Have yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get, we'll have to get him on next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obviously teasing. I'm obviously teasing. But <laughs> you guys obviously, um, obviously, and I'm, I know people listening to this obviously will know the history of your family and, and with Toyota and obviously competing over there and stuff like that. Um, Obviously, running a customer team side now as well. Um, does that bring its own pressures of, of obviously you've got the representation elements of, of Toyota, but also now having a customer side as well where you're, you're running other people. Does that bring its own pressures or, or, or is that completely enough to be left to dad and you don't even need to think about it? No, uh, Lewis and I both actually work in the family business. So we, we both work in the, the family motorsport business and yeah, it does bring its own pressures, of course, because uh, on top of trying to look after all of our own sponsors and, and trying to have the team run as smoothly as we can on rally weekends, uh, we're obviously also then looking out for a customer as well. Um, but, uh, you know, like yourself, we work in the industry because we love it and I wouldn't have it any other way. So um, I don't think I'll ever be the sort of person who turns up to a rally, drives, and then goes home to a completely different life. Um Motorsport is our life, and <laughs> my brother and I both love working in the business. So, um, so yeah, that's what we do. Fantastic, fantastic. Just looking, just just looking at the season and how it pans out. Um, if there was ever a situation where team orders needed to be applied, does the older sibling hold the trump card with dad? Um, oh, that's a new. I've never thought about it that way, actually. Maybe I'm, <gasps> I know that one. <laughs> Am I, am I causing a family rift here? Sorry, just be last. <laughs> to be honest, I, I think um, the only time the team orders would come into play is if the fight was getting so intense and there was a result on the line that, you know, much like you see at a, at a high level in motorsport, if, if the two teammates were in such a tight fight that you were risking both cars and both results, the team orders would probably come into play that... Um, Whoever's in the lead at that time gets to win, and whoever's in second doesn't. But we don't, we don't ever really discuss it. Um, and there have been days where Lewis has been really, really close to beating me in the past, and we've fought it right to the end. And and neither one of us has had a big shunt or anything like that. So I don't know. Yeah, the answer is I don't know because we haven't had to test the waters yet. So. Who okay. knows? Well, well, now, now, now I've planted the seed <laughs> potentially of of a family rift. I apologise in advance. I apologise in advance. But uh, just going back to obviously to your day, you were talking about obviously some of the some of the issues you had. Unfortunately, um, it was a great effort to to, to 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 climb all the way back. Obviously, there was you know I think there was a fuel pump issue. 
uh, was there a puncture as well? You just just take us a little bit through that. Yeah, correct. So, like I mentioned before, um, this was a sprint event. So, Sunday um, or day two of the event, the times were totally reset. So, you start from zero. Uh, but leaving the Sunday morning service, um, my car had a, a fuel pump issue, which meant we were actually uh, 16 minutes late leaving service. So, we carried a minute 20 of penalties for being late um, going into the start of the day, which is never a great way to start the day. Um, but I've, you know, I, I've won the last, uh, I think I'm on win number 10 now. So I've won the last 10 ARC. So I did kind of think, well, for starters, maybe my time's come to an end for the, the sort of win streak. And second of all, I didn't mind the idea of being on the back foot and having to fight. Um, it's, it's, always a fun thing when all you have to do is drive fast. So um, so that was okay. So, yeah, but then went into the first stage and, and got a puncture halfway through whilst pushing pretty hard to, to make up some time. So then we were really on the back foot. We were in 13th, uh, 13th place for the day after the first couple of stages, so we were a fair way down, um, and we were two minutes off the lead. So um, anyway, we had roughly... 70 kilometres left in the event to make up as much time as we could. So that's what we did. We set about our business doing that. And we managed to pull back uh, about a minute and a half of that two-minute deficit and got ourselves up to third for the heat, which was enough to give us the rally win. So um, it was a lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> Each day, just let's see how much we can win this one by and see how many places we can overtake. So it was a, it was a fun time. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, for you guys as well, I'm guessing, um, and this 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 happens the world over in, in, in motorsport. We know it does, but you guys obviously have got a massive target on your back as well, for for for, for yeah. obvious reasons. And do, do, do you feel a weight to that at times? Uh yeah, I guess you're right. We do have a bit of a target on our back, but no, I don't feel the weight of it. I mean. I'm always encouraging of anyone who can turn up and try and take it to me because I absolutely love competition. And there's, to me, it's not that fun turning up and winning by a large margin. I'd much rather be pushed the whole way. And some of my best memories in rallying are, are some of the closest battles I've had. Um, so, so no, I don't really feel that target on my back. The one good thing that is happening now in Australia is I think maybe some people are getting tired of seeing me winning and starting to come out of the woodworks and have a go at trying to beat me, which is great. I absolutely love the idea of people who um, who have that sort of determination to, to come out and do that and would encourage anyone from anywhere to come and um, to come and take me on purely because I love competition. <laughs> I, I genuinely thought you were going to trot out the fact, come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. I thought that's where that was going to go, to be honest with you. No. <laughs> but no, I, I love it. I don't think I anyone it. in the world's um, unbeatable, although Carly Raven Bear is certainly having a good crack at it at the moment. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I, I, I'd much rather be coming in second in a really close battle than winning by a big margin. Because I think we're all born, you know, we're all competitors and we all love competing. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Harry, um, we need to do this more often. I think maybe next time we do, we, 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 we do the brothers. Maybe, maybe we go, maybe we do a two way shootout of having the pair of you on at the same time. We've done it before once or twice. So maybe we need to do that. But, um, listen, congratulations. Um, 
just before I do let you go, one one little last thing I wanted to ask you about with regards to obviously what's coming up in the Australian Rally Championship. Um, it's a very, very easy, lazy question to look at what what one are you looking forward to most. But out of the remaining calendar, is is the one that maybe Harry doesn't quite fancy as much? Uh, yeah. Um, Adelaide Hills Rally, which is in October. Um, the roads are extremely fast. Um, just lots and lots of big straights. And I guess normally I like fast roads, but in this instance, they're so fast that I actually find it boring. And I, I'm almost of that mindset. I, I, God, I can't even remember who said it now, but there's a, a famous quote that, you know, straights are for normal people, corners are for rally drivers or something like that. And yeah. Yeah, I yeah, love, yeah. I'm of that yeah. mindset. I absolutely love corners. So, yeah, that's probably the one. It's it's still a good rally, but if you had to pick a least favourite for me, that'd be it. Because you've got that six big gearbox for those long straights, Harry. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Bates, thank you so much again for joining us uh, on Absolute Rally, and we will get you back very soon. I promise. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy days, folks. We'll be back after this break with Chris Ingram. This is Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally continues to be partnered by the Kielder Works team, who remain fully committed to the sport and are pioneers of the latest technology. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for all forms of competitive action. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. And welcome to the final section of Absolute Rally. And thanks so much for Harry Bates for joining us. Um, and we've got, a, we've got another... Are you still a young gun, Chris Ingram? Can we still call you a young yeah. gun? Yeah. Well, first of all, why am I in the final section? Well, <laughs> oh, God, he's gone prissy. He's gone spoken prissy on like, me. Spoken like a true world championship driver. Do you want me to tell, you, do you, want me to tell you why, Chris? Yeah. Because I've decided. Oh. Right. It's my train set, as everybody says. <laughs> so it made sense because you'd have your own little section in, in this point, as opposed okay. to being in all these Yeah, I, I, mate, honestly, just do it. Just do it. In the words of Nike. I'm in a good mood because City won the league. And to be fair, mate, so am I. That's, uh, I win that bet. That was within the first minute. Chris Ingram mentions, uh, Manchester City win the league. I thought you were going to say crew then, John. I was you going to say, no, geez. It was, it was almost, uh, Chris, Chris, I'll, uh, I'll admit, I'll come out of the closet. I'm a Luton Town fan. Hey. A long time ago, they were the first club I ever followed on, uh, radio. Did three seasons with them to, uh, two cup finals in 88 I remember that back in, back in the black and white days and I, just for a second I thought Manchester City were going to have to play at Kenilworth Road which in all the experiences you may have had in football following City you've never had one on Kenilworth to go, Road to, to go, I, I can vouch for this right and I realise there's, there's rally fans all over the world now turning off but um, to go to Kenilworth Road <laughs> To go to the away end, Chris. I don't know whether you go, whether you get to many away games. You go in the push boxes now, but I, I'm still a scally. I don't. Right. To go to Kenilworth Road, the away end, you have to go through someone's back garden to get into the away end. Oh, I love that. Honestly, it's going. It's going back in time. Yeah. It really anyway, brilliant. should we talk about what Chris yes. did on Rally Portugal? By no. the way, Chris, is that? Um, sorry, let me just get this right, everybody. Is that twelfth overall? Beat Sebastian Ogier, and dare I say it, Gus Greensmith, Chris Ingram. Is it that, Chris Ingram? 
Yeah, but you know, everyone had a lot of problems. It was it was just about survival. So, well, I, I'm just going to ask you. Great result for our junior championship. I was going to ask you about the prop, was John. It the most- Sorry, just before just before I let you come in. Can you just talk us through the problems, Chris? Because to be fair, it, it read off. Do you know when when you get these people who, who do like a roll and the, the the roll of paper just seems to fall to the floor with the list of things on. Just take us briefly some of the, some of the trials and tribulations of Rally Portugal. To be honest, Tony, for us it was just punches and bent rims. Um, I managed to keep the car in one piece, which I, I think I'm pretty good at. But it was just horrendously rough. And avoiding punches even whilst driving carefully was really difficult. Was it the okay. roughest you've ever Is... experienced it, the roughest rally you've ever done, Chris? Um, it was probably on par with Turkey in places, yeah. Right. Yeah. It was a lot worse than I expected because I... I went into it going, this will be a nice, smooth gravel rally. We can have a good push. But we didn't push on one stage, to be honest. Wow. Because you were thinking, any minute now, we're out of the car changing the wheel. Yeah, but to be honest, it was frustrating because even, even though I was driving carefully, we still got a few punches, whereas Mickelson and Sunninen were obviously flat out. And managed to avoid punches for most of it. Yeah. So it's a tricky one how to approach it. And that's going to be interesting again for Sardinia next week. Do you just go flat out and hope for the best? Yeah. Because we still got a punch at the, on the long stage whilst just driving for a nice rhythm. You know, a nice comfortable pace, nothing special. Chris, can I ask you a question? Obviously, I assume you were running two spares at the weekend. Yeah. Okay. Um. This is more of a, a psychology question, I suppose, when it comes to it. When you're running two spares and then you get one puncture, why does your mind go then? Do you even contemplate the fact you've only got one tire left? Does it change? You do, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Like, on one stage, I bent two rims on the first stage, you know, in the loop. Yeah. So that was, it got no spares because those bent rims were rubbing against the brake disc. Wow. Oh, sorry, the, the brake caliper. Um, so immediately we've got a survive. Mm. Yeah. So it was, it wasn't, it's not enjoyable. It's like that because you want to be able to push and go into the stages. I just think yeah. some of these rallies now, the, the WRC cars are just destroying the roads for everyone else. Yeah, and we I, should I, be running before them, really. Yeah, they say that. Well, no, they, they maybe they don't say it, but they might say that about you and the, the WRC, the Open, and the Juniors as well when they yeah. go into a repeat loop in the afternoon. Is there anything you don't do when you know you're bending rims and you're liable to get a puncture? Is there anything you do not do? do you know, do you not hook stuff? Do you not cut stuff? Do you turn to Craig? No, um, and you say we're not doing that. Um, is this, is there something that you don't do? Um, not necessarily, but just not taking silly risks in in rough bits or under braking. 
because a lot of the bent rims happen, you know, breaking in in holes and in in the rough parts. Mm. Just having to break a little bit earlier and smoother. What? And can you pick those up in the first pass? Can you see them, shout them? He gets them down, and then you know where they are no, when you come back. They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. It, it was it was survival massively, but. That's the way it is, and we got the result, which was yeah. amazing. Well, the, the um, satisfaction, Chris, of grinding that out. Yeah, it's got to be there. And I, I don't know. Do you feel, is is there any carryover to Sardinia? Because obviously, you just talked about Sardinia. It comes up very, very quickly. We're only a week away now from Sardinia. Yeah. Um, where do you with regards to you know? Um, is there is there is there a setup carryover? Is there anything that you feel that you're going to be better equipped for now for Sardinia that you've taken away from Portugal? The only thing is the only positive was it was my first gravel rally in you know since Acropolis in about eight nine months, so I've got a bit of seat time on gravel again. Mm. That's given me a lot of confidence. Mm. I'll actually make a completely different setup because even though I was being careful the car wasn't easy to drive um so i've got a bit of work to do on the setup and to be honest yeah i didn't have a good feeling with the car so i just had to really dig deep to like you say grind it out so sardinia can only be better but we probably will need the same approach first pass have a good go and then second pass survive yeah what was it like in that long stage that amaranti stage which was getting on for twice as long as anything else well we had a puncher after 5k oh. <laughs> and changed it we, we changed it in a minute and a half which is decent yeah but obviously it's really hard to keep the rhythm up for the rest of the stage but we, we managed it okay and we got to the end thinking right we've lost the junior lead again but then the guy who was second, Nico Marchek, also had a puncher in the same yeah. spot. So that was a massive relief. He had it in the, exactly the same spot, did he? Same section, yeah, yeah. Chris, if I can, if I can ask, um, going back to obviously going forward to Sardinia, yeah, and uh, do you target? You know, did, and I know it's very, very easy. The benefit of hindsight, looking back now on Portugal, you've got, you you kind of got what probably, if I would have gave you the magic one moment, as I call it, you probably would have went, do you know what, I'll have that all day long. Um, have you got, uh, have you got targets for each event? Do, 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 are you still targeting like that? Or is it just literally just see how it feels and, 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 and drive it and see where we are at the end? Yes. I did want to go, we had a really good, I felt great on the test in Portugal. And I said, right, I'm gonna, we're gonna push for the win. But after the first proper stage, we were, we were eight, we were down in, let's, let me have a quick look on EWRC. We were, yeah, we were seventh. We'd lost quite a lot of time straight away. Okay. Um, cause I took the wrong, I took soft in the morning, which is a, a silly idea. Um, so we, we, we lost loads of time and then it was instantly right. We've got to just be very clever now. And people just fell off the whole way through. Uh, why was it a um, silly idea to take the soft compounds in the morning? Because, because it was already so rough and so, 
so many rocks and bedrock already, whereas it was completely different last year. It was quite... Yeah. That's a result camp. of all the other guys going through. Yeah. Right. So it was it was different to last year, but we, immediately we had to switch to being really clever. But I always go into the first loop aiming to win. Yeah. Wow. But good. Croatia, you know, in Croatia we had a great first loop and then I had a puncher on the second loop. Mm. So you just never know what could happen. Mm. But we deserved to get that win because I had quite a lot of bad luck in Monty in Croatia. Mm. And there was, how many entrants in WRC2 were there in Portugal? It was 40 plus, wasn't there? Yeah, it was over 40. I think there was 50 RC2 cars in total. Yeah. So to get third, even though with, with Craig and I felt like we didn't really even have a very good rally, that's, can't ask for much more, really. Uh, I think it was a great. I think it was a great yeah, job, John. To be honest with you, it was a great yeah, job. Yeah, it was a, a lot. A lot achieved. A lot of awareness created. Confidence boosted. You've learned a great deal, and you've done an entire rally and stood on a podium. Yeah. Well, almost. Well, I, I'm going to ask you about that, Chris. Before I bring you back in, right? I read something the other night. I think that you'd you'd said that the finish process that happened at the at the end of Sardinia, you almost had to kind of. Um, break in to get onto the f- the finish ramp, <laughs> yeah. Which sounds dramatic, and it sounds really quite sad. Just tell us a little bit about that. Well, they don't bother doing a podium for WRC two. You know, the the top five in WRC one go over, and even fourth and fifth get a trophy, which is bizarre to me. Um, but then WRC2, the, the winner gets a trophy and everyone else just gets rushed over, which is a, right. I think is a, a big shame. All the privateers, like, you know, Absolutely. me and Kaito, who were up against factory drivers in WRC2 cars, you know, for us to get that result yeah. and, but then not get anything at the end of it is a shame. You deserve your moment, I think. You're yeah. right on that one. I agree with you. You deserve your moment. It's a, it's an anti-climax when you've just drove your nuts off for three days, isn't it? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Massively. And we're not doing it to get a trophy, but it's the it's the principle, isn't it? Well, yeah, and it's also you feel like I've done all that and I've got nothing to give to my sponsors who exactly are that supporting you, me so much. It, yeah, Chris, you'll appreciate this. This will make you smile. If you'd won your class at the Three Sisters, son, you would have got a bit of glass. <laughs> <laughs> but in, you know we won the Northwest stages and that was the best trophy I've ever had <laughs> so far that's the biggest that trophy I've trophy got so far bigger Love than it. any WRC class podium or whatever how was Drewy getting on amazing yeah it's been an amazing change and we're just having so even though Portugal was hell at times and just horrible we, we, we were still having a laugh and in a weird way enjoying it even even good. when it was horrific good to hear good to hear Chris yeah listen mate we're not going to keep you because we, we, we kept you hanging on quite a while because uh, we were talking about entrances to football grounds which is not that particularly interesting as we know um, we wish you the very best of luck for Sardinia mate keep doing what you're doing send our best to Drewy uh, and of course as you're our man in uh, the junior section we will have you back on in a few weeks time to talk about where we're up to okay thank you very much guys yeah well done to you both legend 
Well done, Chris Ingram, and of course, the Craig Drew and all the boys at TalkSport. There has been absolute rally for this week. Welcome back. If you are enjoying it, please spread the love, spread the word. Also, a uh, little cheeky review on iTunes wouldn't go and miss as well, but we'll be back same time, same place, in your little podcast hole next week. Absolute rally. Powered by the Keel the Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week. 